Sweet is the feeling I have repented, preached in the past, and righted my wrong. Dear is tomorrow, pure as the blossom, peaceful my heart, and happy my song. Good evening. Welcome to Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. Sunday, April what? April 14, 2019. And uh, it's a, been a delightful, wonderful Sunday. And just finished a, another wonderful dinner with several of our children, uh, Emily's family and Julie's family and Becky's family. And now we're here with you. So we're, we'd... Uh, I'd like to do a shout out first, Bonnie. You were going to do that one. I was to our daughter, Julie Boyer. She has just finished her first book called Mominator. It's a darling book about moms and how they are wonderful, how they put on all different hats and do all different things. And, and she's got a beautiful illustrator that's done a remarkable job expressing how Julie feels and it brought her words to life and so it goes on sale this Monday tomorrow and it's called The Mominator and we're really proud of her for um, putting out her first book. We so, are proud of exciting. you Julie, way to go sweetheart. Yeah, awesome. It really is and it looks like it's going to be uh, really a positive thing for young mothers to take a look at. Not just young mothers, mothers old, middle-aged and even grandmas will like it. Okay. All the above. <laughs> so tonight, I thought we would, uh, well, we thought we'd talk a little bit about the principle of repentance. Uh, it was uh, one of the, the uh, strong topics that was resulting from general conference, particularly with President Nelson and uh, also Elder Oaks talks. Um, and it's been on our minds, so we thought we'd just share with you tonight some of our feelings about repentance and how important it is in our lives. I liked what President Nelson said, that experience, that we should experience the strengthening power of daily repentance, of doing and being a little better each day. Daily repentance is the pathway to purity, and personal purity can make one a powerful tool in God's hands. And he, so he pled with us to repent. And as I thought about repentance, I remember as a young younger, I, I just thought repentance was for the big things. I did not realize that it was a, an everyday event. And uh, I found that every day we should be repenting because it will purify our hearts and souls and helps us become better people, like Russell Nelson said, and become better tools in God's hands. And so sometimes I feel like I'm going through the motions when I repent and say, I'm sorry. And I think that's good, but I'm learning a lot more as years go by how we truly repent with a sincere heart, and hopefully I will be better. seems to me that there are two prerequisites for repentance, um, and they, they really have to do with uh, essential Christ-like uh, characteristics. One, of course, is faith in Him. If we don't have faith in Christ, what's the 
what's the purpose in repenting? Or why would you if you don't have faith in him and believe that he has worked out an infinite atonement that can allow uh, uh, forgiveness to take place? And why would you ever repent if you didn't have faith in him? So that's the one primary re requisite. And, and another is humility. Again, it just seems to me if you don't have humility, it's really unlikely that you're going to be uh, wanting to repent. Um, it's just a, hum, humility, is, it seems to me, is a sign to our Father in Heaven that we recognize a much greater power than ourselves and we need His help, we need His guidance, we need His forgiveness. So humility becomes an essential prerequisite to being able to repent. I guess I wasn't very humble when I was going through the motions to say, and I'm sorry for all the things I've done wrong during the day when I was younger and calling it good. And I just didn't quite understand the yeah. repentance process. Well, I think a lot of us don't fully understand it. And it's, uh, you know, sometimes we make it harder than it needs to be, I think. I think, for instance, when I grew up uh, in seminary, they had these, the four R's of repentance, and yes, then later did. it became the five R's, and then the seven R's, and uh, I jotted some of those down from my remembrance, but I, I don't put, put it into these, this kind of a formula at all, but I think it does bear some mentioning of these uh, respective topics. They are one, we certainly need to be able to recognize that we've made a mistake, that we've um, uh, not been what we should be, and that uh, we're in, we need to, to repent of either a certain action or a failure to do something. We need to certainly feel remorse. If you don't feel remorse for something, and if you're just going through the motions but without feeling especially when it gets to the need for godly sorrow, then remorse becomes a very significant part of the process. If we've harmed someone else, then restitution needs to take place where we seek someone's forgiveness and, uh, or we, we try to make right the wrong that we've done. That's a hard one. Well, yeah. Especially when you have to face someone to... As for their forgiveness. Another, another one is the, the resolve. Um, that we resolve to be better. We, we resolve to not make the same mistakes over and over and truly try to become better. And a, you know, a reconciliation becomes really part of restitution, I think, where we recon reconcile ourselves with others and with God, where we acknowledge to him that we've made these mistakes. And so, Bonnie, when you repent, what's the, what do you do? How do you go about it? Well, I think about it for a minute and I get a little bit anxious and knowing that I need to repent, especially when I've done something serious, I mean, not terribly serious, but knowing that I need to ask for forgiveness, especially if it's for somebody towards somebody that I've maybe heard or even my own children having to go up and tell them I was sorry 
if they would forgive me, that was hard because I had to humble myself in that respect. But then just thinking about it, praying about what I need to do, and then asking Heavenly Father to forgive me. So recognizing that you've done something wrong and really feeling the remorse that's necessary. And if you need to uh, go to the step of restitution, that's certainly an integral part of it. But being able to get on our knees and acknowledge before our Father that we've we've um, sinned. And that could be either a sin of omission or a sin of commission. And um, asking for that divine forgiveness that comes only through Him. Now you explain to our grandchildren what omission and commission are. Well, omission is where you fail to do something that you know you should do. Commission is where you just do something outright wrong. For instance, if you were to hit somebody, um, that's a sin of commission. If you didn't do, uh, bless the life of one of your ministering families, that can be a sin of omission. You fail to do what you should have done. Hmm. And um, so... Uh, of course, then putting ourselves before the Lord is just such an essential element. And then and then, really striving to be better. And one of the enormous blessings of the Savior's atonement is called the enabling power of his atonement, which helps us to be better. So not only through the Savior's atonement can we receive forgiveness of our sins, but we can also receive additional power to help us to be better. So when somebody in their prayers is saying, please help me to do, be better at this or help me to be better at that, we're drawing upon the Savior's, the, well, the enabling power of his atoning sacrifice. I think that's what Alma did in this story when he knew he had wronged the church and he went about laboring. What did he do? He labored without ceasing that he might bring souls into repentance so that that, that uh, he could bring them to the taste of the everlasting joy which he partook of in that scripture in Alma thirty six twenty four that he was able to bring them to that same sweet taste of repenting and feeling the joy that brings, that was brought to him in doing so. Sure, one of the one of the wonderful opportunities that we had of being able to teach repentance, in addition to teaching it to our own, our own children, was teaching it to our missionaries and trying to help them come to the same realization that you did, Bonnie. That. Um, so many of them think that repentance is just for something that you've really done something really bad and you got to repent for that. Well, yeah, you do need to repent for that. But we all sin every day in one way or another. We all come short of the glory of God. And we fail to do things perhaps that we should do or we actually do something wrong that we shouldn't have done. And... And as a result, we are all in need of being able to present ourselves to the Lord every day 
being able to seek his forgiveness for the mistakes that we've made. And they said, and in doing that, that daily repentance will fill your heart with joy and help you be better and get and become closer to the Savior and to be able to be an instrument in his hands to do so for other people. In some of the, the interviews that I had with uh, people while I was bishop or while I was stake president uh, who had, had really made some serious mistakes, I really for the first time in my life saw what godly sorrow can and should be where they they weren't just sorry uh, for what they did, but they truly felt this deep sorrow in their soul that caused pain, caused anguish, and wanted so much to be able to have that uh, that removed from them. It, well, that's where repentance comes in. And why, to me, it's so remarkable when I have seen the kind of pain that serious sin can cause people. Mm, so sad. That the Savior's sacrifice, when he suffered for the pains of all mankind, for every living being that ever has lived or ever will live on this earth, and he, he suffered all of those sins, a deep anguish, all at a very narrow period of time within just several hour period of time. Yeah. So the, the pain that it caused him was obviously immense and clearly no one but a God could have survived that burden. It's hard to watch on those movies they make of his time in Gethsemane and on the cross. So um in the, in the process of repentance, one of the things that we've always tried to help and encourage people to, to do is to, again, acknowledge their, their wrongs and being able to truly feel the remorse that uh, ought to go with uh, the degree of sin that, that they've encountered. And uh, going then before the Lord and, and seeking forgiveness and and striving from that point forward to do better, to, um, to make up for the mistakes that we've made as well. And then, as we've done that on a daily basis, the highlight of our week really ought to be our sacrament meeting, where we have the opportunity to partake of the sacrament and you know, if we have uh, repented of our sins during that week, we have this remarkable opportunity to present ourselves before the Lord again and be cleansed as if we had been rebaptized. So many people don't understand that. Yeah. So it just becomes such an, a, that sacrament meeting and partaking of the sacrament and renewing our covenants becomes such a sacred, um, just necessary part of our week. And it's hard with young mothers who have children on the bench oh, trying gosh. to have that sacred moment, and it doesn't come very often. So just be patient with yourself. Do the best you can and asking for help and repenting during the week. And the Lord will acknowledge all of the things that you're striving to do, even though you don't feel like 
um, the spirits there with you at times during the sacrament meeting. And another important part of this process is um, is then beginning is being able to forgive yourself. The the Lord has clearly said, you know, if we repent, He will forgive and forget. But when we repent, we're not so much inclined to forget. We may, we may forgive, but we don't forget very easily. And as a result, some people will beat themselves up over and over and over. That's true. For sins that they've repented of, that they've properly gone through the requisite steps of repentance before the Lord. And, and I'm confident that he would have forgiven them in a given situation, although I'm certainly no judge on that. But when they've done all that they can, they can rely upon the promise of the Lord that he will forgive them. And then it's incumbent upon them to forgive themselves and not continue to carry this burden around, you know, for who knows how long. That's so hard for some people. We've seen that in some of our missionaries who have repented, but they just don't feel like they've been forgiven. Yeah. What it does is it places unintentionally, they're placing a limitation on the Savior's atonement. Yeah. They're seeming to say that that his atonement works for everybody else, but not for me. My sins are so bad, and I've become such an awful person that how could he forgive me? Well, he said he would forgive them. But sometimes, too, then they... So they don't repent. They don't think they can be forgiven. So then they stop praying and they stop going to church and they just spiral down. Sometimes that happens and that's the tragedy. And that's why the, the, the promise of forgiveness through repentance is such a, a positive experience of life. It's not a downer. It's not something that ought to be taking us just down to the depths of who knows where. But it gives us hope. It brings, it brings life back to us, knowing that we can be forgiven and, uh, and that we don't have to be judged for those sins ever again, provided that we don't repeat them. And if we do repeat them, we repent again and try again the next day. Yeah, we sure do. And at least hopefully we do. So our... our you know, our little understanding of repentance and forgiveness and the law of justice and the law of mercy and all of those things, it, it's a fascinating, wonderful study in the Book of Mormon of those, those topics. But it just helps us to understand more fully the, the love that our Father in Heaven must have for all of us that he's made this plan available to us where knowing that we're all human, that we all have this natural man tendencies within us to drag us down. Yeah. And, and we also recognizes that there's this uh, influence of Satan that's all throughout the world that, that brings temptation into the lives of everybody. Sure does. So what a great realization to know 
that despite all of those negative things, there is a way whereby Father in heaven has made it available for us to be forgiven. Because he said, no no unclean thing can enter into his presence. But the Savior's atonement can make all of that uh, forgiveness possible for us. I'm so grateful for that gift of repentance and for the power of the Savior's atonement. And I'm still learning about it, still trying to do better because it will help us all get through this life. And I hope that our children will forgive their spouses, forgive their children, and that uh, our grandchildren will forgive their parents and our missionaries and whoever else is possibly listening to this. We hope that you'll be prayerful and seek and understand the power of repentance because I know we all need to do better. I know I do. And the example that we have, of course, is our Father in Heaven and the Savior in forgiving us of our sins and uh, and the mistakes that we've made. And shouldn't it also be then incumbent upon us to forgive other people when they offend us, when their sin or their actions or their inaction harms us and then they come to realize that and they seek repentance from heavenly father with heavenly father but also seek forgiveness from us for having offended or harmed us we ought to be able to be forgiving just like our heavenly father is willing to forgive us shouldn't we be willing to do that for them course and I hope you forgive me when I do (laughs) wrong things or I hurt your feelings or I'm trying to do better well that certainly goes both ways doesn't it sweetheart sure does well okay so we have uh, this little song that uh, we've sang at the very beginning of our podcast tonight sweet is the feeling and uh, we'd like to conclude um, with this uh, second verse or second third verse of this beautiful little song Sweet is the Feeling and hopefully you'll listen to the words carefully and feel that sweet peaceful feeling that can come over each of us when we repent to sing praise to his name Sweet is the feeling I have repented, reached in the past and righted my wrong. Dear is tomorrow, pure as the blossom, peaceful my heart and happy my song. the feeling I am forgiven washed in his mercy new in his sight kind is my savior patient and gentle 
urging me softly into the light. Warm is the sunrise, happy the dawning, gone are my sins in Christ's blessed flame. Pure are the hands my song of praise to his name. That's it on Notes from John. With a babble from Bon. Good night. Good night.